you see this happening, you see this issue, it's happening right in front of your eyes and you want to help and at least be like, okay, let's pause this for a second. Let's figure out why we're having this because it's coming up over and over again. So I felt my role was to not just interpret the words, but to actually stop the whole thing, talk to each side separately or be like, hey, we need to reconvene on this topic because there's something that's happening. So it's like you're a problem solver because you know multiple cultures, you can sense that there's an issue happening. Maybe you don't know why, but you can sense it, right? You can feel it. And that's where also the empathy comes in. Like you feel the stress, you feel that something big is happening. Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Intercultural Insiders. My name is John McGraw, and I help expats and newcomers feel confident in their new country in less time and pain. I am the founder of Hyaku Coaching, which is dedicated to helping you create your pathway to success in a new culture. The purpose of Intercultural Insiders is to share the stories of people with intercultural experiences. So if you are feeling isolated or lost, you can hear something from the guests' experiences that could help you, even if it's just a reminder that you're not alone. Today, we're going to have part two of our interview with Cassia Lynch, but I'm going to share some thoughts first. Three things I learned about adapting to Canada from some of my past guests. One of the things that I really love about this show is it gives me a chance to talk to people from different walks of life and a variety of experiences. And here are some of the things that I've learned about successfully adapting to life in Canada from those who've done it. First of all, networking. Network for information and connection, not just a job. Liliana Nakamura, who also happens to be my wife, mentioned that networking is something you should do in North America very proactively. And it's not just for jobs. It's also important to change your mindset about networking from an obligation to an enjoyable activity. And it's good to think that this is something where you're curious about new people, that you would like to meet them, maybe just to grab a coffee sometime or get to really know the Canadian culture. And that will give you some peace of mind. The second thing that I learned is not to be afraid to speak because your English isn't perfect. This came from Jesus Romero Palacio. And he mentioned that the common thing in all of us is that except for First Nations, we are immigrants or our parents were immigrants. And you may not speak perfectly with perfect grammar, but if you try to express yourself and the people understand you, then that's okay. The third thing that I learned is to talk with strangers to build your confidence. Shazad Gudwani recommends talking to strangers to build up your confidence in your ability to communicate with anyone. He even suggests you going out to Tim Hortons or to Subway and talking to a stranger in the line. Ask them, how's their day? Just start with that. And no one's asked you to become their friend. Just ask them, how's it going? What's your favorite coffee? I'm getting this. What are you getting today? And you have a great day and move on. And 
doing that builds your confidence in opening conversations. And 90% of your task is done when you can get your message across. These are all wonderful things that I learned about adapting to life in Canada. And that brings me to something that I've mentioned before, but now I can mention enrollment has officially opened for my live cohort-based course, Newcomers, Build Your Thriving Career in Canada. If you're a newcomer who's trying to advance your career, this is a great opportunity. Learning how to network and advocate for yourself in Canada can be overwhelming. And knowing how to reach out and say the right things to your manager or connection to build a relationship isn't easy at first. And it can be daunting when you're doing it alone. But in this course, you will get hands-on experience on how to network with contacts in your workplace and the Canadian job market. You will practice techniques to show your value to your manager, and you'll have the opportunity to collaborate with like-minded peers to learn and build together. You'll walk away with strategies and a networking framework that you can use to build relationships and get more opportunities. And best of all, you'll have lifetime access to a community of your peers who you can grow with even after the course is finished. You can review the details and schedules by following the link in the show notes or going to thriveglobally.ca and checking out the courses section. And if you enroll by February 28th, you can get a 15% discount by using the code EARLYBIRD15 as one word. Now, of course, we want to move on to part two of our interview with Kasia Lynch who is the founder of IkigaiConnections.com, which also powers NihongoJobs.com. She connects people in the United States with employment opportunities, allowing them to use their Japanese language skills. Kasia has lived in four different countries, Poland, Italy, Japan, and the US, so she's quite familiar with adapting to different cultures. In today's episode, she talks about the role of empathy in bridging cultures, how you can help bridge cultural gaps in a business situation, even if your language skills aren't perfect, and keeping a learner's mindset. Without further wait, let's get into part two of the interview with Kasha. And that's just what I think of when I consider these experiences is people helping each other out. And I hope I can do the same for others too. If I see somebody who's struggling, I remember another little random comment. I was in Italy and I didn't speak the language, but I saw some Japanese tourists trying to look for their bus stops. Even though I knew nothing about Italian, I was like, oh, at least I can help them with this. I run up to them and speak in Japanese and they're like, wow, how did you know? And so just that little like helping each other out, even though we may not know all the answers, but just reaching out and being friendly, I think it just goes such a long way. It really does, doesn't it? It's easy to discount, oh, it doesn't mean that much. But at the right moment, if you yes. just give a little bit of empathy, a little bit of kindness, it can make such a huge difference. And many times it doesn't really take a lot, just a kind word, a little bit of help here and there. And it made such a huge difference for you adjusting to your life in Japan and being able to pay it forward with those Japanese tourists and 
what you're doing now through Ikigai, it really is a powerful thing. And it takes so little to do that. Exactly. So that's something I really admire about what you're saying and what you're doing with your Thank business. Thank you. And I often hear a lot of people also say that it was that study abroad experience, maybe in high school or college, that changed their lives completely. I really support organizations and schools that have these programs where you can, maybe it doesn't even have to be overseas, maybe a virtual travel, something where you can see how other people are doing, what they're doing, how they live. I just think that's also extremely important and it helps just, like you said, the world is getting smaller and smaller. So thankfully with social media, we can see how it is in other countries, how things are done, what other kind of music is popular. So I think as the world gets smaller, because our knowledge increases, I just would really like to see that with the kindness factor too. I feel like it's all linked together in some way in my head. And hopefully I'm not just being too naive with the concept, but I really do believe that. Yeah. You hear it as you get older, that you start to get more cynical. And to me, it seems like it's almost like a valley because you go through that in your teen years or twenties, depending on the experiences yeah. you go through. And then as you get older, I feel, at least for me anyways, I feel like I'm developing more empathy as I'm getting older. So I don't know if that's a common experience or just my own experience. But Yeah, no, yeah. that's interesting. The valley. You've given all of these examples where you were helped and where you helped others. Could you tell us a little bit more about some of those ways that you were able to act as a bridge, whether it was through Ikigai connections or elsewhere? Oh, I love this topic. I'll give a generic example. So there's a headquarters in Japan. And there's a local subsidiary in another country. And for me, let's say it was my Poland experience. And I know that when you're in the business setting, there's a lot of misunderstandings that can happen. There's so many, even if you Google the business cultural differences, and there's so many webinars and seminars on this topic, because it is very important. Issues can come up, problems can happen at meetings. You don't understand how negotiations work. It's two different ways of doing business. I was helping interviewing somebody. So there's the Japanese way of interviewing somebody and having to ask them questions, what kind of questions are legitimate, et cetera, et cetera. And then you hire them on and you train them and you have them work with you. But when I was in Poland, it was very different. And there's rules in the EU that are not similar to interview rules in Japan, for example. And I had to step in and help interpret. So I wasn't actually a part of the HR department. I was just helping with sharing the words that were being used. So here I am just in the middle helping and it's frustrating to see how sometimes somebody asks a question and the other side comes up with this issue. Oh, they shouldn't be asking that question. And then there's an issue, but person A has no idea why that happened. So as an interpreter, I could see this happening quite often. And I was wondering myself, because I wasn't living in Poland for too long. It was only a couple of years. So I wasn't familiar with HR rules. But you see this happening. You see this issue. It's happening right in front of your eyes. And you want to help and at least be like, okay, let's pause this for a second. Let's figure out why we're having this because it's coming up over and over again. So I felt my role was to not just interpret the words, but to actually stop the whole thing, talk to each side separately or be like, hey, we need to reconvene on this topic because there's something that's happening. So it's like you're a problem solver because you know multiple cultures, you can sense that there's an issue happening. Maybe you don't know why, but you can sense it, right? You can feel it. And that's where also the empathy comes in. Like you feel the stress, you feel that something big is happening. So I felt like that was one of the biggest things that I kept running into, whether that was in Japan or in Poland and Michigan too, is just, why are these things happening? They don't have to keep happening. You can actually have a little sit down for 15 minutes or maybe longer if you need it and just figure out the why, get to the root of the issue and then take it from there. 99% of the time, nobody had ill will to do anything bad. They were just doing business as usual in their country or the way that they were raised doing things. And this can also depend on the generation too. A person in their 
60s may be different than the person in their 30s who is now in the same company, same country, but they just do things a little bit differently. So I really enjoyed being able to see that issues were happening and being like, whoa, 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 let's just pause and think about this so that we can come to a solution. So I always liked being that detective in that, even though I didn't know the solution, I have to be brave enough to be like, can we stop talking for a second? You don't want to interrupt people when you're doing that. But I felt like if we all did something like that, if we noticed that there is an issue instead of piling on to issues more and more, if we just pause and breathed, take a moment to assess the situation, I think it might have different results. So I don't know if that actually answered your question, but that was the first thing that came to mind when you spoke. That's a great explanation and an illustration of what we need to do more often when there are those misunderstandings that come up. There's some kind of assumptions going on or an information gap of some kind. So taking that time and having the courage to speak up and say, hey, let's pause for a second and talk this out and maybe come back later. If there's nothing else that people can learn studying other cultures, it's really just having that awareness and that ability to think, oh, what's going on? And not necessarily just what's being said, but what's behind the words and what's the intention. And that may take some time to explore. And if that's the case, then so be it. And if I may add to that, as you were speaking, I think it's also helpful to clarify that this can apply to people of various language levels as well. I feel like a lot of people don't want to get involved because they're like, oh, I've only had a little bit of experience I think that little bit of experience is amazing. I often meet a lot of college students who go overseas for three or four months for a semester and they come back and maybe their language skills aren't beyond incredible, but they've experienced what it's like to use public transportation or to go to a store and purchase things. And they have enough experience that they can still be very helpful. And that experience makes them more in attuned to in any miscommunications that could happen. Like it's as if their spidey sense is stronger, right? They can understand that, you know, maybe I don't understand the words that are being said, but I know that there's something off a little bit in this conversation. So I want to empower people of all language levels. Also people who have various identities, like I would say I'm Polish American or American Polish. And even though I don't feel confident knowing the Polish language or the business culture as much because I haven't had as much experience there as I do here or in Japan, I still feel as if we can at least have the patience and the willingness to, like we were talking earlier to, hey, let's pause for a second and talk through this. You don't have to necessarily be perfectly fluent. For example, I deal with a lot of people who are of Japanese descent too. So they may not have learned Japanese from their family members. They've second, third generation living in the United States, but they still know what it's like. So I want to empower people of various levels of language and cultural skills to be able to be those bridges, the glue that binds people together. Hopefully it won't turn anybody away. Be like, well, I'm not fluent in Spanish or I'm not fluent in this language. It doesn't matter. You started learning that there is another culture. At least the awareness that you're talking about is so important. Great point that you make about language ability or not having it at a specific level. I don't want to downplay the importance of language skills, but I'd sometimes met people who feel when they're running into difficulties, they think, oh, it's it's because of my English ability. And uh, in fact, their English is impeccable, but there's a cultural nuance that they're missing simply because they don't have that exposure. So those people who have more of the direct experience with the culture, it's extremely important being able to understand what's going on beyond the words. Absolutely. There's some meme out there and I'm not going to quote it exactly because I don't remember, but something about if you meet somebody who has an accent when they speak English, 
be proud of them because they're here and they're learning another language. My parents had a Polish accent and maybe as a kid, I was a little bit like, oh, why can't they speak better? But they did so much to come to a different country to learn another language. And now I realize how daring that was of them, what a challenge it was. And I feel the same way towards anybody else who is here in the United States, for example, or in Canada or wherever, who's from a different culture and language and is learning English, which can be difficult. English is confusing, especially the grammar. There's so many things that who cares about grammar anyways. It's just the ability to communicate and want to share with people, I think is more important. And of course, knowing a language fluently is beautiful and knowing the grammar is absolutely important, but let's not go bonkers with that side and just appreciate that the earnestness to want to learn a language and the culture is absolutely just as important. I couldn't agree more <laughs> as mm -hmm. someone who has taught English for 15 years. The message is what's important. I heard a, a fellow teacher say recently that it's only a mistake yes. if it gets in the way of the meaning. Otherwise, who cares? Yeah. And if it is a mistake, you find a different way to explain it. Maybe draw a picture. You will learn through it. We weren't born with any language. We had to learn it just like we did with walking. I just find language learning is difficult. I admire the people who have so many languages under their belt. I don't even know how their brain can handle it. My wife speaks four languages. I'm still nice. amazed by her. Yeah. Is there any question that I haven't asked you that you would like to answer? No, I think this was great. I obviously have many opinions and thoughts on this topic, and I like to talk about the fluency aspect and multiculturalism, how it's good for business. So I think that as long as that message keeps getting shared, I think it'll just make the world a better place. Because a lot of the times, at the end of the day, sometimes the economics, the financial stuff seems to be more important is what helps make the world go round. So that's important. So I feel as if language and cultural learning helps that but then surrounding it, the softer part of the relationships and seeing us all as just people on this planet, just trying to get along. And how cool is it that we have all these languages and all these cultures out there and all these religions and, and histories and just how great is that we can learn from other people? I just find it inspiring and fantastic. Yeah. The human aspect. Yes. It, it really is. And again, corporations are, are made up of people. So going to appeal to that. It can't just be about just the profit only. All right. I'm sure we could just keep going on. But of course, we want people to be able to get in touch with you because of all of these valuable things that you offer. So what's the best way? The best way is probably from my website. So ikigaiconnections.com. I have all my socials there and I'm most active on LinkedIn. So it's my go-to social media network. Any particular projects or anything you've got coming up? I am currently working on revamping my job board and website. So it's going to be a little bit easier. My website's going to be focused on the global perspective of using Japanese in a career in any country. And then my job board is going to be focused on Japanese jobs in the U.S. So I'm working to Kaizen or improve it and hope to do it by the end of the year. So it's a good time as of this recording, we've got a couple months left and I'm just really excited. I have a great group of followers who share ideas with me and they share recommendations for this or that or improvement for this. So I'm so happy to start to make those changes so that my followers can be happy too. So I'm excited. So thank you for asking. Thank you for telling us about it. And thank you so much for coming on today and the sharing all of what you're doing and your experiences and really your outlook on interacting with other cultures. As you said, sometimes it gets pretty depressing out there and it's easy to focus on the negatives, but 
having that perspective and understanding what a valuable thing it is to interact with other cultures and diversity. And I don't think it's necessarily naive or starry, wide-eyed, whatever, to talk about that. Yeah. And I'm still learning every day. I'm also learning like everybody else. And I look forward to hearing your other interviews because I'm in my little Japan US bubble and I want to expand to other cultures as well and want to hear your stories and learn from them too, because we're always learning, right? I used to do Aikido and I remember my sensei and my teacher telling me that you start with a white obi, a belt, you grow stronger and you move up to a black belt. But the more you practice, your black belt becomes gray and white. So it's like a circle of life. So the more you think, you know, at the end of the day, you're still learning. So even if you're older and wiser or considered to be older and wiser, you're still learning anew too. So it's what I'm trying to emulate and keep learning myself too. So gambarimasu. Thank you so much. Keep going. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you and good luck. I love that analogy of the Olby, the belt fading from black to white. The more that you know, the less you know, or uh, you're more aware of what you don't know. I completely agree that learning is a lifelong journey when you're in a multicultural environment or different ways of doing things and keeping an open mind and really listening to people rather than just waiting for your turn to speak. And again, I think that's what coaching is all about. Earlier on, I asked Akasha about some places to find out more about where you could study abroad. And I think many of these were applicable to the U.S., but I'm going to share a comment that Kasha made earlier. Studying abroad programs can be offered at some high schools and most colleges or universities, but I believe that organizations like CIEE.org can help. If it's Japan-related, then there are quite a few, but perhaps bridgingfoundation.org is a good one to start with. So thank you for that. That brings me to the guest next week first of a two-parter with Johan Meta, who is an HR change management professional and career coach. And he has a very strong following on LinkedIn as well. So I'm sure that many of you are quite familiar with him. So this is a great opportunity coming up next Wednesday. He talks about moving to Canada and how that developed his interest in culture and psychology, the importance of developing a deep understanding of yourself when finding a career and building your soft skills up to advancing your career and how you can do that when you're in Canada and when you're already working. It's a great episode if you are a newcomer who is struggling to find success in your career or even someone who was born and raised in Canada because I think a lot of what he says could be applicable to anyone, not just newcomers. So it's really worth listening in. Until then, keep navigating between cultures towards your goals. Thank you.